Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. Welcome to June. I'm so excited that you're here today because my friend Mia Heinzelman is back today and her books are so much fun. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to read them. So, If you haven't read her before, I'm going to go ahead and read her bio so you can get to know her, and then we will just, we have so much to chat about. We were very chatty before the show started, so... So here we go. Mia is a polka dot wearing horror and romance movie lover who always has a book and a to-do list in her purse. She writes fun, unforgettable, more than just laughs romance about strong women and men with enough heart to fall for them. When she isn't busy writing fictional happily ever afters, she is likely reading, playing board games, or eating sweets. She currently lives in Las Vegas, Nevada with her husband and two children. And her latest book, Monopolove, just came out, and she has another book, the follow-up is coming up next month, Trivialized Pursuit, so we're going to talk about both of those. And I did put links to all of her social media right there on the Blog Talk site, so if you're listening live or if you're listening later, you can get all connected with Mia. She's so much fun, so definitely look her up online so that you don't miss another book release. So, Mia, you there? I'm here. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you came back on. I always have fun when you're on. (laughs) I mean, I'm so grateful to be here with you, Lisa. (laughs) Well, you have this new series, the Loving Games series, which I just think is so genius because I love board games and having people fall in love around them sounds even better. So Monopoly Love was book one, right? That just came out. You want to tell everybody why they should grab it? Absolutely. Okay, so this series and this book particularly is just so nostalgic. If you love board games and you just love a good, uh, fun-loving, big-hearted romance about people who just have to get out of their own way. So in this book with Monopoly, we've got um, a game store owner and a doctor who's in town renovating his grandfather's house but he's also going to be in the Monopoly tournament, and they end up going facing off with each other. And it's just such a good time of enemies, not really enemies, but rivals to lovers, and there's a lot of steam <laughs> and lots of nostalgia with the board game Monopoly. I love that. And where, what inspired, what inspired this? When did you go, you know what, I bet people could fall in love at a game store. <laughs> Well, the funny part about this is that I was researching for a different book, and I was looking for a particular community chess card, (laughs) and I wanted the wording on it to include in a different book, and then the words Monopoly Tournament came up, and I was like, ding, 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 my idea meal just went crazy, and I was like, (laughs) oh, wow, who, what is this couple that ends up being opposing Uh, or opponents in a Monopoly tournament. It's like the perfect setup. Plus, I love fun, loving things like board games and just game nights and trivia and that kind of stuff. So it just felt like the perfect setting for something that I love. And I just feel like Monopoly kind of crosses all demographics and groups. Everybody has a story about Monopoly, whether they love the game or not. They have a, a frame of reference and 
and just memories about people cheating or house rules or, you know, who's the banker <laughs> and sticking $500 bills under the game board, all that kind right. of stuff. So I just love that idea. Yeah, we found out that my daughter was a big, she can never be banker in Monopoly because we <laughs> played We played, and she was carefully doling out everyone. And she was probably seven, but she was very good at math. And we thought, oh, that's good practice for her. And so she's doling out everyone's money and collecting rent and all this stuff. And then we noticed, hey, we're out $100 bills. What happened? And then we're, we're trying to replay. And then I start watching her. And every time anyone passed go and collected two hundred dollars so did panda <laughs> like excuse me <laughs> she was like look the banker needs to be paid too okay that's right yeah she said well shouldn't i get paid i said no <laughs> so you see no i just love stories rule. like that because everybody has their thing that it's just like a story that is so good and so warm to the heart with family about it you know and friends I just right. love that so much. Well, when you were um, making up your game, like the the tournament, I guess, do they have special rules? Because, like, we used to have the house rule <laughs> of that, you know, if you landed on jail but you weren't in jail, you got the pot that was in the middle of the game board. You know, yes. did you have special rules? Did you have fun with that? Absolutely. We definitely had to touch upon the house rules because it's like – Everybody has their own set. Oh, you've been you're on free parking, that goes into the jail pot. I mean, you're in jail, you that goes into the free parking pot and whoever lands on that gets this. And then there's all this short game, long game, and everybody has their own personal set of rules of how they play. And so, mm-hmm. um, at the game store when they were doing practice nights, she was like, What are our house rules? And so like you land on it, you get that money. And so I definitely had that. I even included stuff from the Monopoly game that you have at McDonald's. Um, Everything, any type of reference you could think of for Monopoly, I tried to include it because it might resonate with just at least one small segment of people, but it's fond memories. I love that. And when you decided you came up with this monopoly of idea, was it your publisher or you who figured out, okay, I need it to be a gaming series? No, that was me. My brain is all, it's it's long term (laughs) because the secondary characters won't stop talking, right? So you're just like, oh, so she's got a sister and she's got a best friend. Well, what games would they love? And so <laughs> that automatically spawned the whole thing. And now people are like, well, what about Battleship? What about Scrabble? And I'm like, yeah. I haven't thought about it. But eventually, possibly, it could, it could be a thing. But I've got so many books I want to write. Right. Well, for now, how many books are going to be in the Loving Game series? There's going to be three. So oh, okay. there's Monopolize, Trivialized Pursuit. And then I'm about to do a cover reveal this week for Clued in Christmas, which is the third book. Oh, how fun. Oh, my goodness. Clue. Yeah, I'm excited about <laughs> Clue. Oh, my God. Let me just tell you, I had so much fun with that one. I went <laughs> just, it, like, so wild thinking about <laughs> Sherlock and Jeopardy and Among Us, Mafia. I included all those kinds of references to go with Clue, too. So <laughs> lots of good mysteries. And you tied it into Christmas. Oh, yeah. that was <laughs> It wasn't originally a Christmas idea, but um, my publisher loves Christmas. So I thought, okay, what a, 
a great way to culminate the series too is you know the holidays always feels like a huge celebration like so grand um to mm-hmm. end the series so it worked out really well and then i was able to get in some stuff about big bear and some snow because they're in san diego and there's not much of a huge winter there but mm-hmm. if you go up to Big Bear, you could get yourself some winter going on and some Christmassy feeling. For sure. <laughs> I love that. And so yeah. Trivialized Pursuit comes out next month, right? I saw the cover. It was super cute. Yes, I love Trivialized Pursuit. Yes, it comes out July 6th, so one month from tomorrow. Um, and it's just. This one is the one that was closest to my heart, mostly because the way um, Rox and Murph view their parents, their love for their parents, and their view of their parents' relationships really kind of resonated with me because, um, you know, you just don't think about the fact that your parents are kind of getting older. You mm-hmm. just think, oh, I'm getting older and life is happening. But then when you look at your parents for that first time and realize you know, they may not be here forever. It kind of changes so much about your perspective. So I love what Rox and Murph go through thinking about their parents' relationships and helping it shape what they think about love and how they view relationships and that kind of stuff. And now that's like the emotional part because all my books, even though they're rom-coms, have these deep emotional aspects to it. (laughs) But they're so much fun with the trivia nights and the because she's she's so funny because with Harper she became this viral queen of monopoly in book 1 after after the end of that book and so now everybody's looking at rocks like okay you should be next and she's like maybe not because I'm having a hard time in love and I'm perma single and nobody wants me but I am in love with my best friend's brother, but he's a player and has and a commitment phobe. So we get <laughs> so much fun there and a little bit of jealousy because there's another person that comes into play and he gets to see that, hey, she may not be around just waiting for you. So that lights a little fire under Murph. Oh, I love it. So there's a tiny bit of love triangle in Trivialized Pursuit. <laughs> yeah, or at least he thinks so. But that's all you really need, though. (laughs) He needed a little push. Yes, that's usually what it takes because she's not going to just be sitting there waiting. But she's a list maker. She's regimented and logical and a romance book lover. And I love so much about her. And then Murph, he's just so in his head about what he thinks love is based on his parents' relationship. And he has to get beside himself in order to see, you know, if he wants that kind of a relationship. Because his best friend is Declan from book one, which is Harper's fiance. And their relationship is just so beautiful and so real. And it's hard to think that love doesn't exist when you're looking right at it. That's true. Yeah. When you see your friends modeling it, it's hard to keep telling yourself it doesn't exist. Exactly. That's right. So in Trivialized Pursuit, did you put trivia in the book? Is the trivia in the book real? Uh, Yes, all yes. Every chapter, because I love doing stuff like this, at the beginning, uh, with Monopoly, every chapter had to do with some wording or game pieces from Monopoly. I mean, from Uh Monopoly. 
And then with Trivialized Pursuit, every chapter starts with a trivia question and an answer, and it's all related to the tone of the chapter and what happens in the chapter. Plus, on the trivia nights, there's actual, actual uh, trivia questions. So there's a way to learn a lot by the end of this book, too. You'll come out with some new information. <laughs> You'll definitely be smarter than when you started the book. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Well, I have to I have to give you a little bit of trivia here. Is my, my husband, we met in a writer's group, and he actually got published before I did with a TV trivia book. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so, so awesome. Yeah, Wait, yeah. Why are you not putting that out there? We should be talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, this trivia so book kind, cool. of, kind of older now, but yeah, it was called You Watch Too Much TV, and he had all kinds of TV trivia questions and cute chapters and sections, and it was, <laughs> well, it was really cool. Well, you tell Mr. Kessler that we'll be looking <laughs> for the second edition to this book. Where's the second edition? <laughs> Right. He thought about it. But, you know, TV is so different now that now that they're streaming that it's really hard to figure out what is the TV, you know, that that everyone is watching. So it's it's just very different than, it, you know, remember yeah. must be Thursdays and and, you know, and yeah. so everyone's talking about it on Friday. That doesn't happen anymore. So he thought about it, but he's like, I, I'm not sure. You know, how do you include everyone when you can watch everything anytime you want? (laughs) I mean, that's true. That's very true. But flip side of that is he's got so much more content to put in and so many options to reach different audiences. So that's true. He could do it. We we still want second edition from Mr. Kessler. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let him know. (laughs) I'll tell him the people are demanding it. (laughs) Yes. And I'm the people. I love it. So, so I was going to ask you because I know you, but but I know that you are talented and make amazing book covers. Did you make any of the covers for these books? I mean, maybe that's a conflict yes, of interest with your publisher. You did. Which covers did you get yes. to make? <laughs> I'm making the whole series with uh, my cover company is called Dot Covers. So I did Monopoly, Trivialized Pursuit, and Including Christmas. Ah, so Clued in Christmas, that cover reveals you have known it ever since the creation. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm like already ready. But the good news is that I know I love it. <laughs> I don't have to bother anybody about, you know, what's the, what's the cover going to be like? Is it true to the characters? Does it fit the tone of the book? Um, yeah, so I got to do all of them, and I love that they kind of look like the board game. Yes, I was noticing that too. I, I thought that was really clever, but that was all you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I told you my well, brain is so visual and it's marketing focused. So I think about how it's going to be perceived and what it's going to look like on a shelf and that kind of stuff. I mean, I should be focused more on the work, but it comes <laughs> as I'm going. So I kind of take notes as I'm writing of things that I want to stick out, you know. Right, right. Well, now I'm even more excited to see the new cover for Clued in Christmas. I can't wait. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to show everybody. This one's going to be Nadia. So Nadia and Micah, who we meet. So people are kind of excited about it, which makes me excited. I just love it when readers are excited because then I'm like, oh, let's talk about it. (laughs) Right. I know. That's always so fun. And so I have to ask, what's next? What are you working on now? Because Clued in Christmas must be done, right? 
Yes, Clueding Christmas is done. It's written. It's about to go up with pre-order links soon. So that one is just, I'm just promoting this whole series and helping people find it, hopefully. But next, I've got the Fort Tamani Family Series, which is a vineyard series with three brothers and a sister. And I love this one because they're all based on, they're seasonal. So the first one is like a Galentine's Day accidental crush situation and it's so funny because it happens during her girl's getaway in wine country and he owns this vineyard that needs to be saved his family's about to sell it off and so he wants to save it because it was important to his late grandfather so that whole series is going to spark with him and his two brothers and sister i'm really excited about this series Plus, I'm working on the follow-up to the friendship contract. I'm almost done with Leah and Brandon's story. And that one I'm looking forward to, to sharing very soon because it's steamy and it's fun and it's enemies, to, uh, it's enemies to lovers and so much fun. Oh, I love that. And for people who haven't read you before, um, the friendship contract has kind of, I mean, obviously all of your books have a really cute premise, but, but you want to tell people <laughs> kind of what the background is on that friendship contract? Yes. The friendship contract, it starts with, we have three friends. They're called the trio. It's Allegra, Damon, and Leah. Now, Allegra and Damon have crushed on each other for about 12 years, but the timing was always off. Now, she thought she was about to get proposed, a proposal with her live-in boyfriend, uh, except the ring wasn't for her. And so oh, no. oh. <laughs> the ring was not for her. So naturally, Ouch. she gets some um, <laughs> consoling from her best friend, Damon, who they've been crushing on each other but never acted on it. And so a wedding date and a roommate and uh, – <laughs> A bedmate all happened at once <laughs> in this story. And Leah kind of loves it because she's known that they both felt a way for each other. But so she's she's all pro Damon and Allegra. And this one I love, full heart. I love this book. I love it. And is there an actual contract in all the books in that series? At, well, only in this book. This one's called The Friendship Contract. So there is a friendship contract. They love each other so much, and while they're attracted, they do not want to risk ruining this friendship that they've, you know, kind of become family almost. Um, so they draw up a contract to, to say, give them each other some sort of rules around how they'll be, act around each other to avoid ruining the friendship, even though <laughs> the, the attraction is combustible. <laughs> even though the author is already ruining their friendship. <laughs> yes. Now that whole series is legal based, all is fair in love and law. And so, <laughs> oh, okay. so we, when we meet Leah and Brandon getting their own story, it's not a contract, but uh, I don't want to tell the title yet. Cause I'm going to do a title reveal here in a couple months <laughs> because people are kind of been asking me, well, when are we getting Leah and Brandon's story? And I'm like, it's coming. I just have like a bajillion books I need to write <laughs> for contracts, <laughs> but it's coming. Um, so yeah, it's not a contract, but it is legal based. The whole series oh, okay. is legal based. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, when you 
reveal the title, you'll have to come back on. <laughs> um, I am always grateful to be here with you, Lisa, because I always just have so much fun. Plus, I just love you as a person, so it just Aww. makes so much makes it so much better. The love is totally mutual. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So for people who have not heard you on the show before, they're always curious what your writing journey looked like. And, I mean, you do book covers and you market your books and write them. So it seems like you've, you know, always been doing this, but I know that's not true. So do you want to tell everybody your road to becoming (laughs) a published author? (laughs) My road is so long and winding. It started, believe it or not, in the third grade. I wrote a book. It was called Darren and the Parrot. And then I won a trophy for it. (laughs) I mean, what an amazing title, right? I mean, give it up for Darren. That is so amazing. You know, my first book in elementary school was The Wonders of Unicorn Creek. So, you know. Oh, my God. That was awesome. (laughs) You need to bring that back, Lisa. I mean, if Unicorn Creek doesn't make a debut in your uh, library of books, I mean, something right? runs the world. <laughs> we'll put it next uh, to the parrot. <laughs> yes. So, Garrett and his parrot, I was so proud of myself because I was basically a squip daily, and I just like to use long words, and I thought I was so smart because I knew big words. And uh, it won a trophy. I still have the trophy. But my uncles, I brought it back because I was in Chicago. My mom was in flight attendant training. So I was like, oh, my God, I won this trophy. And he was like, wow, that's so great. What do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a writer. And he was like, no, you don't want to do that. They don't make any money. You want to be a doctor or a lawyer. So, I mean, that could be partially correct. (laughs) But it kind of killed my dream temporarily uh, until I got to around college um, early college days, I was journaling and writing poetry. Then I self-published my poetry book. Then I did a couple children's books for my nieces and nephews. And then in the back of a book, it said, what, it was a romance book, would you like to write for us? And I was like, well, what if I did? And it kind of sparked <laughs> something in me. <laughs> and knowing me as a craft book junkie, I just gathered all the craft books I could, you know, find. And then my love of writing came back, and all of a sudden I was writing. It's got a ring to it, and then mixed signals, and then that was all like 20, excuse me, 17 or so. And so then I've been writing ever since, just hopefully, I'm praying, getting better with every book. You know, that's all I can ever mm-hmm. hope for because, you know, I don't, I don't know that my first books were the best, but I hope the most recent books are way better than those first books. But I'm having a great time and loving this journey. It's time-consuming and tedious, and my brain is always on, but I love what I do. Yeah, and I feel like that reading that at the back of that book, I mean, I'm – Everyone who knows me, I'm very woo-woo, but I I think things come at just the right time when they're supposed to, Mm -hmm. and I think it's really cool that the book you happened to read, the end of it said, would you like to write for us? And you went, you know what? Maybe I would. (laughs) Yes, I would. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like, the thing is, with life, sometimes I feel like we get caught up in doing what we're good at instead of what we are in love with doing, so... I have been a bank manager before because I was good with money and I love to make sure people understood their money, how it works, how credit works, how to build up your financial situation. I'm good at that. 
but mm-hmm. I was not in love with it. It didn't bring right. me so much joy that I was daydreaming about it. Uh, I was always thinking about stories and what if and asking people how they met and what their love story was. Um, that was always part of what of what made me me. And I think once I read that, I felt like, gosh, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I always wanted to be a writer, but I thought that I needed to become a doctor or a lawyer. You know, right. Or I needed right. to do some respectable career. But this is respectable. This mm-hmm. is proving to people that you can follow inspiration, that you can be inspirational, aspirational. You can be the example for other people, but you have to work hard. That's the other part that they don't tell you. You can't just say, oh, right. wow, I want to be a writer. You must write hard. Yes. I mean, write and, and work hard all the time. You can't just be like, oh, I wrote a book and I'm done. If this is right. the, the journey you want to take. And there yes. are lots of ups and downs. But for sure, outweigh the bad as far as I'm concerned. I agree. I always love the um, episode of The Simpsons when Lisa Simpson decides she's going to be a writer (laughs) and she's going to write the great American novel and she gets her little laptop and she goes to the coffee shop and and she has her (laughs) coffee and her pen and notepad and she opens her laptop and she stares at the screen and goes, maybe I need to sit by the window. So she picks everything up. (laughs) But she discovered writing's really hard. (laughs) Yes, it really is. To be able to world build, make believable three-dimensional characters, and tell a story that makes you feel something all at once, not easy at all. <laughs> so, no, no. It's like we signed so up to write a term office. paper every single day. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, when that's the absolute out, truth. Yeah, when I figured out how many pages I need to write a day, I'm like, shoot, I am. I'm writing a term paper every yes. day. <laughs> I mean, do you know it's so wild? In college, you'd be like, you have a 20-page paper. I'd be like, dang, that's so much. Oh, my God, I'm going to die, right? And now right. 20 pages, it's like, okay, let's do that this week. Let's do that today. And that's, uh-huh. that's good work. <laughs> yes. Yes. And like so funny. 500 words, you're like, God, I need to write more. This is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right. 10 pages, cake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, but well, I totally we're rapidly. Agree. It's good. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm listening. I was going to say we're rapidly running out of time because we could talk all day. Um, but yeah. before we before we run out, um, everybody always likes to add to their TBR. So who inspires you? Who do you love to read that gets you fired up to go write? Okay. Favorite author is actually two authors. It's Christina Lauren. They write really funny, bubbly, upbeat rom-coms that are steamy. Because I love rom-coms. They just make me so happy. And they make me feel like I'm on a beach with an umbrella drink and the sun beaming on me. So I love those (laughs) books. I love Kennedy Ryan. I also love – I've been loving Emily Henry's most recent releases. Um, Yeah, I do like those too. There's just so many books that I just enjoy. If you want some high heat and filth, Tasha Harrison has some great books. And yes. you want some um, suspense, Denise, and we, we have some great ones. Um, and don't forget, if you want some passionate paranormal, 
There's a Lisa Kessler book for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a few of them out there. <laughs> uh, huge. Jeez, Louise, you can make your own library. That's one of my life goals is to have a library that's filled with I, books. I have one skinny bookshelf in the living room that is all full of my books, and it is very fulfilling <laughs> to see that. Yes. How amazing <laughs> Definitely is that? go through with it. <laughs> <laughs> so when people read your book and they're super excited, how can they get in touch with you? Okay. You can find me always on Instagram, always. I'm on Twitter. And I'm at Mia Heinzelman, author on Instagram, Mia Heinzelman on Twitter, because my name was too long to fit the author. Also <laughs> on TikTok, I'm not hot on there, but I'm, <laughs> I'm gaining some, some speed behind it. Also, Mia Heinzelman, author. I'm on Facebook, but I'm not there as often. And my website is MiaHeinzelman.com. You can go to the Contact Me or join my newsletter and just keep in touch. I'm, I love you know, speaking with readers and chatting, talking about books and that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely sign up for her newsletter because she's going to be debuting that cover clued in Christmas here very soon. So everyone sign up for the newsletter, run out and grab Monopolove and pre-order Trivialized Pursuit. Can't wait. It's going to be so good. So uh, thank oh, you for being here. Oh, and there's a good giveaway going on. Sorry, oh, I just wanted is? to make, make sure I mentioned yeah. there's a Goodreads giveaway going on until June 21st for Trivialized Pursuit. Sorry about that, Lisa. <laughs> ah, sweet. So everyone run over to Goodreads, and hopefully you'll win a free early copy of Trivialized Pursuit. Can't wait. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Thank Mia. You, it was so, Thank much, you so fun. much for having me. <laughs> Talk to you soon. All right, take care. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Booklights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.